Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the ninth chapter. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. And a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud, This is my beloved Son, listen to Him. And suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, He charged them to tell no one what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The congregation may be seated. The grace and peace be unto you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So what moments in your life do you wish that you were just able to capture? I mean, I'm talking to just be able to just remember every detail, to have everything just the way it is, to capture those mental images, everything that was heard or said or seen to be able to treasure it, to be able to relive it, to be able to not let anything go. So what moments in your life do you wish that you could just relive and just capture? So would it be that wedding day? Would it be that day of the birth of a child to be able to remember just how cute and sweet they were? So maybe, maybe it was that Retirement day, when finally at work you got to say, we'll see ya. Maybe it was that graduation day that all of the work, all of the effort, everything that you put in, that now you finally were able to see the very fruits of your labor. That I don't know what those moments might be that sometimes we catch it right there in the middle of them of just how precious they are. That for me, when I came here to Calvary ten and a half years ago, my daughters were much smaller. And after every single service that they were there with me, is that they would walk out of church with me every week holding my hands. They don't do that anymore. Fifteen years of age, I don't think I could pay them enough money to do that with me anymore. But oh, I remember those days and I wish that I could relive them. That Peter and James and John had one of those days in our gospel reading today. A day that they wanted to relive again and again and again. In fact, they never wanted to leave it to begin with. They simply wanted all of the glory to simply just keep on going. 
that there they found themselves up on that mountain of transfiguration when they saw Jesus in all of His glory, all of His power, and everything that was there. It was simply something that was just too much for words. I mean, the truth is, is that we might try to explain it, try to get it across of what it is that they saw and what it is that they experienced, but it's always going to fall short. Have you ever had those moments in life where you've spent just simply in awe over something that you just can't express to someone else or you just can't capture? That maybe it's a sunset or a sunrise or you find yourself in some beautiful part of God's creation and you are just in awe and just want to take it all in. And no matter what words you might use, no matter how many pictures you might take, it simply cannot capture the full experience that's there. I mean, it's like standing in a national park, just soaking it all in and saying, I don't want to forget this. And you pull out your phone and you start a video memo to somehow, uh, sorry, a, a, an audio memo to go ahead and say, and there was a dark green evergreen to the right of the picturesque waterfall. And in true Bob Ross fashion, and there was happy cloud, happy cloud, happy cloud. It's just going to fall short. It doesn't express the very experience that you had. But I mean, isn't that the point of transfiguration? Isn't that the point of what it happens here, that there's something that happened that you simply can't contain? See, we learn in this transfiguration two very important things that it wants to get across to us. He wants to get across a truth about Jesus and a truth about us, and it wants us to hear these things loud and clear. That slowly but surely over Jesus' ministry, He has been letting out all of those little breadcrumbs, trying to lead people to who He is and what He was all about is that slowly but surely Jesus allowed His identity and who He is and what He was about known to others. And what do we see as we read those gospel accounts? That they kept asking, who is this? Who is this that does this kind of miracle? Who is this that does this kind of healing? Who is this that teaches this way? Who is it that can calm a storm? Who is this that can cast out a demon? Who is this guy? And in Mark chapter 8, Jesus finally came and asked His disciples, Who is this that they are saying that I am? I began to say those very accounts of the crowd that some say that you're John the Baptist or Jeremiah or one of the prophets, maybe Elijah, is that all of these different things. But Jesus said, what about you? And Peter answers the million-dollar question of you are the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus then begins to explain of what that means for Him to be the Son of God. Jesus begins to speak about suffering, about death, about pain and shame 
And all of those things that were waiting for him there in Jerusalem. And Peter piped up. Hey, Jesus, I've got an opinion. I don't remember asking your opinion, Peter. Well, I'd like to share it anyways. And Peter began to tell his very Christ. You know that son of God. What he thought of his plan. And our reading today says, and after six days, well, what has it been six days since? (laughs) Six days after Peter let Jesus in on his plans, Jesus took Peter up on a mountain, and Jesus showed him the very heart The very heart of who He is, the very heart of the gospel of Mark is right here in this Mark chapter 9, something that Mark has been trying to tell since Mark 1 verse 1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Mark doesn't wait. (laughs) He says this is who He is, and yet Peter and the disciples, as much as Jesus just kept leading them, could not get it that on the Mount of Transfiguration, beyond a shadow of the doubt, Jesus shows who He is. As one commentator put it, that the Father Himself has now put the seal upon every word of Jesus, that this confirmation by God Himself of Peter's confession and God's own attestation of the deity of His Son, who is to die and rise, that as far as Jesus and the Father were concerned, there was nothing left undone and unprepared for these disciples to know. What is the truth that we have to get beyond a shadow of a doubt here in the transfiguration? That Jesus is the Son of God. That I don't know what doubts you have, I don't know what unanswered questions you may may wrestle with, that I don't know where you find yourselves wondering of how could this be or how could that happen or what is this or what is that. If there is anything that can be taken from the transfiguration is that Jesus is who He said He is. The very Son of God come what about us? What truth does the transfiguration have to say about us? Because they've had the vision. I mean, they say that seeing is believing, right? That if I want to believe it, I want to see it, I need proof, I need evidence, I need to know, is that now Jesus has given the very evidence, He's given the vision. So why do they need the voice? I mean, that's what I ask myself when I read this this reading. I said, they've been given the vision, so why do they also need the voice? See, they've just beheld Jesus changed and transfigured, and what does Peter do? He then offers once again, hey, Jesus, I've I've got another opinion. (laughs) So, 
I'd like to go ahead and build something here. I want to go ahead and build a tent for you, a tent for Moses, a tent for Elijah. I want to go ahead and add something to what you've got going on. Does Jesus need anything from Peter at this moment? But Peter's too busy not listening or paying attention. Why? Because he was probably too busy talking. But Peter now hears something entirely different. That the cloud of God's presence descends upon that mountain, and there they hear that very voice of the Lord, that this is my Son, my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to Him. How well did the disciples do with that? How well do you and I do with that? The disciples listen to the voice of pride as they go down the mountain, as they begin to bicker and argue and fight over who's the greatest among them. They listen to the voice of fear. As they go to Jerusalem and things begin to happen, they listen to that voice of fear as the soldiers come to now take Jesus under arrest. Peter now listens to that voice of fear and grabs his sword and starts swinging. That when Jesus is led away to the cross, those same disciples listen to that voice of doubt, that voice of despair, they ask themselves, what's going to happen to us now? Where's my life going to take me? I've invested so much in this man who is now going to die. Where are things going to be? And in those first hours of that Easter morning, they still were listening to that voice of guilt, that they had betrayed their friend, their teacher, their Lord. They listened to that voice of guilt as they began to beat themselves up over what they had done. What voices have you been listening to? Where have you been listening to that voice of pride, that voice of fear, that voice of concern, that voice of guilt or shame or whatever else, where have you been listening to a voice other than the voice of Jesus who speaks to you in His words? The only voice that matters. <laughs> the only one whose opinion of you should count says what? That He repeats the same words that He heard from His heavenly Father as he says that you are my beloved son or daughter, with you I am well pleased. Not because I need you to build anything for me or do anything for me or share your opinion about things with me. No, but because I have given myself for you. What does it mean for Jesus to be the Son of God, that His Word is truth? And what does He say? That God so loved the world that He sent His only Son for what? Not for good advice, 
not simply to tell you how to run your life or to how to get your life in order or something else. No, He comes to tell you that very gift that you might have eternal life. That you may know that you are enough in His eyes. It doesn't matter what has been a part of that past. That voice of guilt is not, does not have a place here. It does not matter what you may face or what things may look like. Whatever you may fear or find yourself in suffering or pain or question, God's voice is there that I have you. Why? Because I am the one who created you. I am the one who made you that I have called you by name. You are mine. Listen to Him. But he's the one who said in those very waters of baptism that you are my beloved. He's the one who speaks through his word again and again that you are forgiven. And he is the one who invites you that you have a spot at my table. Listen to my voice. And we, you don't see when you don't know and when you don't feel that glory and that power, I pray that you would simply listen to me. The saying says that man has two ears and one mouth for a reason, that we may listen more than we may talk. But how are you guys doing with that? Well, how am I doing with that? I've been going for a little bit here. That how's your listening? That may our God remind you of what He has done, and may you look to Him. For how did Peter proclaim it? In his letter, Peter said, we were eyewitnesses of His majesty. That John said that we have seen His glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Again, John in his letter said that we have seen, heard, we have looked upon and touched with our hands concerning that word of life, that life that was made manifest. We have seen it and we testify to it and proclaim to you this eternal life, that you too might have fellowship with Him, that He speaks His word again through His disciples, again through His people, that will we listen to His Word. May our God grant to you this day and every day that peace that will guard your hearts, and let us go to Him in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank You that You have revealed Your Son to be that true Savior, Lord and Master of all, to be Your true Son. We pray that You would in all things lead us to Him, that we may find our peace and our very care in all that He has done for us. All this we pray in your Son's name.